mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, Congressman Bob Latta joins us to share his thoughts on what has been a most unusual month so far on Capitol Hill. Also this morning, 50 North is hosting a senior health and wellness fair this weekend with a full schedule that is sure to be fun for all. In our community and business spotlight, the United Way's downtown restaurant tour gives passport holders a ticket to enjoy a whole world of local culinary offerings, all while fighting hunger in the community. And happening around town next month's Hops for Hope walk isn't about the walk, it's about the hope. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, October 12, 2023. We have a winner in the Fat Bear uh, contest, the uh, Fat Bear Week. 128 Grazer is the queen of Fat Bear Week. Uh, the uh, annual vote held by the Katmai National Park in Alaska. Grazer defeated 32 Chunk in the finals to claim her first title as overall Fat Bear Week champion. Over 1.3 million votes were cast for this year's Fat Bear Week bracket. Uh, Grazer is the third female bear to win the top prize. And it says here has a reputation of confronting even the top Bruins in order to protect her cubs and secure her next meal. She's a gutsy bear, and I think her story won out, according to Ranger Naomi Boak. Boak? Um... Anyway, the uh, ranger in charge of uh, Fat Bear Week this week uh, this year. And uh, she goes on to say, the uh, ranger does, I think girl power won out. Uh, fat Bear Week brings awareness to brown bears and their need to fatten up to prepare for a long, sleepy winter. Hibernating brown bears can lose up to a third, a third of their weight. Um... By the way, speaking of uh, animals, or I guess uh, animals, this would qualify under uh, uh, category of animals. A Bigfoot sighting being reported in Colorado. So this is big news. Uh, story says the legendary woodland ape may have been spotted recently by a couple of tourists on a scenic train ride between Durango and Silverton. I've been on that train ride, by the way. That is a beautiful trip. If you ever get a chance... If you're uh, in uh, Colorado, um, the Durango and Silverton Railway railway is just a uh, tremendous, tremendous experience. Anyway, and you might see Bigfoot, apparently. Uh, Shannon Parker says she and her husband were looking for elk in the mountains when they saw, they got more than they bargained for, saw what appeared to be Bigfoot walking along the hillside, uh, the hillside and crouching in the sagebrush. The 44-year-old contractor from Wyoming posted the video of the alleged sighting on Facebook. I have not seen it, uh, but uh, if you are uh, so inclined, you can go and look that up. Uh, the uh, latest sighting of Bigfoot in Colorado. So that is big news here uh, this morning. Forget the Powerball. Forget uh, Fat Bear Week. We've got a Bigfoot sighting. There you go. Uh, let's see. Some of the other uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories... To get your Thursday morning started here, uh, this kind of goes along with uh, the idea of uh, the Powerball jackpot and becoming rich. Uh, these days, you have to be rich to afford to own a home, right? Uh, it's rapidly becoming something that just the average American can only dream of. And that could have a negative effect on your health. A study out of the University of Essex found... That, if, uh, that renting can age you faster than home ownership. Researchers found that renters had a faster rate of biological aging than did homeowners. The effects of renting were even more pronounced than the aging rate difference between former smokers and non-smokers. Which, that was very eye-opening to me. Housing debt and environmental pollution also contributed to faster biological aging, the story goes on to say. However, interestingly, those who lived in social housing did not age faster than homeowners. So, uh, make of that what you will, and maybe that was the 
Maybe that was kind of the underlying message that these researchers were trying to promote social housing. I have no idea. But anyway, that's the claim. Biological aging is reversible, highlighting the significant potential for housing policy changes to improve health. Is the conclusion uh, conclusion of the uh, of the study authors? So make of that what you will. Uh, renting ages you faster than owning a home, which is I I found that surprising in the sense that uh, you know if you're if you're a renter and something goes wrong, you pick up the phone, you call the landlord, say, "Hey, fix it." <laughs> if if something goes wrong. And you are the homeowner, you're on the hook yourself. And that, to me, can, can, be, can be very aging. I mean, I would think it would be the other way around, just simply you know, because everything falls on you if you are the homeowner, rather than uh, being able to just pass on your problems to the, to the landlord. But whatever. Now, this is a, a crazy story. Um... See what you uh, make of this. Walmart is reporting that Ozempic use is linked to lower food shopping demands. Now, if anyone knows about this, it would be Walmart. I mean, they spend millions of dollars researching what people are buying, why they're buying it, what motivates people to buy this, that, or the other thing, and you know, adjusting their sales practices accordingly, as you would expect them to. They are a huge retail conglomerate, huge retail giant. So it's not surprising that they sink an awful lot of money into figuring out how you're, why you buy things, why you don't buy other things, and trying to manipulate you into buying more of the stuff they sell. And what they have found is that Ozempic use is linked to lower food shopping demands. CEO John Ferner says we do see a slight pullback in the size of the overall basket, is the way he turned uh, term, the way he termed it. He said less units, slightly less calories people purchase when they are taking Ozempic. While it is too soon to draw any definitive conclusions. They say the company is analyzing sales patterns as compared to Ozempic use. Ozempic, of course, a uh, a diabetes drug uh, for certain diabetes patients lowers A1C and and so on. If you've seen the ads, you know that. But there um, there is the weight loss component to that, and it has become a a hot medication used by people who are trying to use weight. It's an off-label use, but uh, it has become very, very trendy to start taking this medication, not for its uh, anti-diabetic properties, but for its weight loss properties. Um, So they've been looking at the trends of people who are taking Ozempic and their, their shopping patterns, their purchasing patterns. Um. Now, of course, Walmart also sells Ozempic, so that's <laughs> there. Uh, you know, they're trying to figure out how to get people to buy Ozempic and keep buying food. They want them both, want both, but uh, just kind of interesting. And in the least surprising story of the day, a trip to Walt Disney World or Disneyland in Florida or California, respectively, a trip to Disney will now cost you more. That's right. Again, I said is the least surprising story of the day. Yesterday, Disney announced price hikes for theme park tickets along with parking parking cost and its Genie Plus service. Prices for annual passes at Disney World in Florida are jumping between $30 and $50, depending on the type of pass. Meanwhile, almost all ticket options at California's Disneyland will see prices rise between $5 and $65 in some cases. The cost for parking and the Genie Plus planning add-on are going up by 5 bucks. 
The price increases come after Disney announced its plan to invest $60 billion into renovating and updating its theme parks over the next 10 years. So, they're going to spend $60 billion uh, in upgrades on their parks, which is a huge investment. Um, Bigger investment they've ever made since the parks were built. And guess who's going to pay for it? That's right. You and I. Well, maybe not you and I. We're not going to Disney anytime soon. But uh, you get the idea. Families uh, with kids going to be footing the bill for the House of Mouse. So, again, the least surprising story of the day, but one that you need to know nonetheless. There you go. Uh, Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Partly cloudy today with a high in the low 60s. Partly cloudy tonight, uh, low around 50. Two men were arrested after a drug task force searched a Finley residence. The Hancock County Metric Drug Task Force, along with the Finley Police Department, executed a narcotic search warrant at 1025 Cedar Avenue. The task force said a search of the residence revealed cocaine, crack cocaine, marijuana, other items of drug paraphernalia, and items indicative of drug trafficking. The task force says two men, a 37-year-old and 47-year-old, were arrested for possession of crack cocaine. And additional charges are expected at the conclusion of the investigation. Get more in the story on our website. A new bill introduced in the Ohio State House aims to crack down on child pornography generated through artificial intelligence. The new legislation, if approved, will prohibit the creation of so-called deep fakes. Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost says... In the last year or so, as we started seeing these deep fake videos and some of the visually oriented uh, artificial intelligence, my colleagues and I have been increasingly concerned about what this could mean for victimization. I'm Angela Ann. The Finley-Hancock County Community Foundation's Fund for All series of free community events continues this month. Community Foundation President Brian Treese says he's heard from residents that fun, affordable family activities are hard to come by in the county. Our bottom line is that we want to improve the quality of life for all in the community. The Fund for All events for this month include the Pumpkin Train and Halloween Express at the Northwest Ohio Railroad Preservation and a Murder Mystery Dinner at 50 North, among others. See the full list in the story on our website. The Ohio State football team is still undefeated, but injuries continue to be a concern. Wide receiver Emeka Abuka had to leave Saturday with a lower body injury after the game we saw him wearing a walking boot. But head coach Ryan Day is optimistic. You know, one thing I can tell you is that it's not going to be a long-term issue. You know, we'll probably have a better idea how he's doing later in the week. Depending on how long Emeka Abuka is out, that could open an opportunity for Carnell Tate, talented true freshman receiver who many believe is the next big thing. His time could come sooner than later. Don't forget, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Well, if you're a regular listener over the past couple of weeks, you know that we have been trying to get Representative Bob Latta on the program for several days now, but we were told that he was dealing with a bout of laryngitis. However, good news, Congressman Latta is on the line with us now. So inquiring minds want to know, did you really lose your voice or did all of the craziness so far this month on Capitol Hill just render you speechless? Well, I'm afraid it was uh, all the allergies uh, that I get Ah. in the fall. And uh, I still have a little bit of it, but uh, we still have a real problem here in Washington. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, this all started, and let's kind of go back uh, a couple of weeks here now, uh, to the vote almost literally at the last minute on a continuing resolution to avoid a government shutdown. I know you voted for the CR, but a number of your Republican colleagues were harshly critical of the deal for all of the concessions that were given to the Democrats. And indeed, they did a victory lap uh, in the wake of that uh, continuing resolution uh, avoiding the shutdown. I know that uh, no one wins a shutdown, but how were you how were you able to uh, were you comfortable in, in voting? Yes, I know you voted yes. But why? Well, we, did, we had multiple uh, 
different pieces of legislation that keep being turned down. I mean, there were excellent pieces of legislation that that uh, some of these holdouts should have voted for, and they kept saying no. And uh, then the problem became is on uh, tomorrow, the 13th, we will no longer be able to we wouldn't be able to pay our military. That's right. We would not pay all of those men and women in uniform. Right. They're right now in the uh, eastern Mediterranean sailing into harm's way. We wouldn't give them a paycheck. Yeah. And so uh, what, we, what we did was just a straight CR. There weren't any concessions given. It was just a straight. And so, you know, the, the, the majority of Republicans voted for it. And unfortunately, what, again, uh, some of these people think you, they have to get 100, not 100%, but 110%. And so then this went uh, into the next issue then became since uh, uh, McCarthy had uh, agreed right. uh, last year about saying, okay, one person could bring up a, to vacate the chair. Well, the that, chair. Yeah. Was that, and, uh, was and that so a mistake? Was that a mistake? To, was that a mistake to uh, allow for yeah. that uh, yeah. motion yeah. to vacate? Yeah, yeah, just to, just to have one person be able to do it, uh, because you know, right now we our majority is only uh, two hundred twenty one, and the majority is two eighteen. So, <clears throat> by having uh, one person able to do it, it means you only have to come up with five people yeah. uh, to say we're going to vacate the chair, because of course the Democrats are going to do it. And so uh, these are the same people that were saying that uh, no vote should ever come up unless Republicans have the majority of the vote. Well, we had the majority of the Republican conference vote for the, you know, the CR to make sure that we paid our troops. And so what do they do? Eight of them joined with uh, 208 Democrats, which was less than 4% of our entire conference, to take out our speaker the first time in history of our nation. Yeah. And so they, and then they had the nerve then to say in conference the other day, one of them, that, oh, and by the way, uh, whoever is running for speaker now, are you going to uh, abide by the Hastert rule, which is, again, having the majority of the Republicans? And it's just like, wait a minute, you, how can you be so hypocritical to stand before all of us and say that then you just voted with every Democrat with only seven other Republicans to take out a Republican speaker? Unbelievable. Yeah. So, but we are where we are now. Uh, the House is speakerless, and there are two main candidates uh, that uh, appear emerging for the job. I know that you have a very close uh, working relationship with Steve Scalise, but on the other hand, Jim Jordan is a fellow yep. Ohioan. Uh, are you supporting one candidate or the other uh, in well, this race? Well, well, see, the the vote was yesterday, and so uh, well, the, the vote, vote the vote uh, was close. Uh, Steve won, and you know we said that you know we got to move on now, and, you, and this is how it's supposed to work. You're supposed to have a vote in conference, and the Republicans are supposed to come together on the House floor. And now we have people saying, "Well, we're not going to do that. I'm going to vote for somebody else." And so we we could be without a speaker. And you know, the, here's the problem. We can't conduct any business here. You know, if there's a national emergency, the House of Representatives is not functioning. So we could not pass a piece of legislation because we don't have a speaker. How and, is that? And so it's, it's unbelievable because I know some people are saying, you know, they remember being in high school, running high school elections for class president better than we're doing it. <laughs> uh, so how does that affect, you mentioned uh, the fact that you couldn't even take a, a vote in an emergency situation, and obviously given what has happened with Israel uh, over the uh, course of the past several days, how does this uh, impact uh, the U.S. response uh, to the situation in Israel, or does it? Well, it does, because, again, uh, yesterday morning we had an all-house briefing on Israel uh, for all members uh, to be there to hear what's going on. But uh, what happens is if, if we need to pass anything, nothing can, we can't do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, so what happened yesterday, uh, they went in at 3 o'clock and said, uh, you know, we were hoping we'd have a speaker by then, and uh, the uh, at the Pro Tem, uh, Patrick McHenry, who was appointed to that spot, just to, all he can really do is gavel in the House and gavel out the House, and that's all he could do. The other uh, issue that comes up, and it circles back to the continuing resolution that started all of this, doesn't all of what's happened since 
pretty much guarantee that we're going to be dealing with the possibility of another shutdown uh, because you can't possibly come up with a permanent budget uh, within that 45-day timeline that the original continuing resolution uh, gave you when two weeks have been wasted already on this. Well, you're right about that, the word wasted, because we should have been working on our appropriation bills. Uh, we have 12 appropriation bills. We've only got four done. And so what we're looking at now is uh, everything is on hold. We can't bring it to the floor. So every day that we lose is how are we going to get this work done. And, everybody, and these are the same people that have that tied everything up for saying that we had to get all of our work done. Well, we can't get our work done now. And so, you know, uh, this yes. is not how the founders wanted it. They believed in a majority, not a, you know, a small group of individuals that can block everything. Madison and his writings were was very explicit about it. And here we are going against the total grain of what, what this country was founded on. Is, it's called majority rule. Yeah, is not, there... Uh, a, 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 the tip of the tail wagging the, the, the dog. Yeah. Is there any work going on behind the scenes so that when there is a speaker, you can just bring those bills up and get them voted on and moved forward? Uh, it's almost impossible because all those bills have to go through what we, as we call, regular order. And so that means, you know, some of the bills might have, because this is something the Republicans have done that the Democrats would not do, is have pretty much what we call open rules where you can, people can uh, file amendments. We might have, I mean, hundreds, three, four hundred amendments filed on a bill. Yeah. And so, yeah, they got to work through all those. And so this is what takes time to get these things on the floor. We could, we could have brought two bills to the floor, but uh, we're, we're still stuck. Um, so how long will it be before we have a speaker? As you mentioned, uh, there was the uh, conference vote, uh, the secret vote yesterday. Steve Scalise got a majority, but not enough that would carry him uh, to a vote of the full House. So how long do you anticipate before that'll all be settled? You know, I, I'd love to have cooler minds and heads come together today and say, folks, We've got to come up with 218 votes. Uh, you know, neither Steve or Jim had two or two had, you know, one had 113 votes. The other had, I think it was 99 votes. Mm-hmm. And so you had some people not vote, voting, uh, just voting uh, present. Right. You had some other people just writing in somebody else's name. So nobody, nobody even came close to having 217. And so it really comes down to, though, people have just got to say, folks, you know, this is, we just can't say that we had an election and we didn't like the way it turned out. And we were supposed, the way it's supposed to work is we're supposed to walk out after that election and say, you know what, we were unified. We've got to move forward. And this is who received the majority of the votes and go forward. But uh, unfortunately, we have people saying we're not going to do it. We will continue to watch this as it uh, develops. But again, the clock is ticking on the uh, budget issue. We could be bumping up against that. And as we know, as we were referencing earlier, uh, we have uh, issues in Israel to uh, deal with as well. Congressman Bob Latta, thanks very much for taking the time and uh, certainly hope for uh, continued recovery. Hope you feel uh, better well, as you. the week well, goes thanks on. Thanks very much. Yeah, but hopefully the allergies will end soon. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So you remember the other day on the program, we were talking about the Community Foundation's Fun for All series, and one of the events that we mentioned is coming up this Saturday. 50 North is hosting a senior health and wellness fair. And... well, that's, I guess that's that's why you're that's here to uh, give us all of the uh, the rest of the uh, info uh, on this. We've tried to explain to people this is not a vendor event. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an event for medical information. There's some testing. We have some exercise class demos. We have all not just types some, a lot. I mean, you've yeah, got quite a, a few, a uh, lot of screenings, testings. We do um, the whole building. The, and it, and that's a big building, as folks know. Uh, a lot of the uh, class demonstrations. So. So those are just 20-minute minis, things that you can try. And you can call ahead, go to the website, and you'll be able to see what you can try. We partner very heavily with the hospital, Mm -hmm. and they bring the walk-through colon, the big blow-up. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's great. It's like... 
15 feet long, 12 feet high. You walk through the colon and you see different stages of and, things. And who, <laughs> and who wouldn't want to do that? It's very popular. That probably got you the uh, Fun for All grant right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the community foundation has been very generous we've had a lot of saturday events <laughs> due to them we also have the hospital they bring um, nutrition services they bring you know things for you to try hanco will be there with safe at home uh, and that's a great program that people are learning about bridge home health and hospice they have advanced directive staff there to help you with that and they're always very busy pulmonary is there critical care medicine is there they have um lung cancer screenings, orthopedics, or I should say Blanchard Valley, orthopedics and sports medicine with podiatry, they're bringing a whole host of testing. And, and that's, it's really something if you're over the age of 50, you need to check. So they have neuropathy checks. They have sensational things. They have general skin checks as well. And then they also have a Doppler for PVD screening, which is extremely important. Again, they're really busy. Pain management is there. Then oh, uh Orthopedic Institute of OIO, OIO. Mm-hmm. you're familiar with them. Right. They're also there for balance screenings. Then we have, dun, 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 vaccines. Yeah, it is that time. Oh and again, we've been talking gosh. about that ad nauseum uh, on the program as well, but this is the season for that. <laughs> the health department will be there with vaccines, and they'll have them all. And then Area Agency on Aging 3 is there with a $50 gift card for anyone that gets a vaccine and fills out their quick survey, their anonymous surveys. Um, We also have skin checks. Dermatology will be there. The Toledo Clinic, facial plastics. They're new in town. They're going to be there. Okay. Free smoothies. That always brings them in. Mm -hmm. Um, And we also have our personal trainers are there for personal consults just to talk to you a little bit. Okay. The whole building is open. You mentioned uh, exercise classes, number of demos, uh, chances for folks to kind of try them out. A little bit here, right? A lot of people don't understand exactly what some of the exercise programs are, and they don't think they can do them. Right. So we have a seated resistance training. That's for people who sit while they exercise. Mm -hmm. Cardio drumming. You've seen it. I my my wife has talked about uh, doing this. She said we've got to do this. It's very very popular. Yeah. We have two kinds of yoga: seated yoga and regular yoga. And then we have some silver sneakers classes. And what's nice is. You can literally just call and reserve one of these classes, and they hold about 30 or 40 people, and they fill up quickly. Mm -hmm. In fact, some of them already have. We also use our track. We want people to come and see our indoor track. Mm -hmm. So again, it's not vendor-related. We do have people sometimes that want to come and bring a bag and fill it up with trinkets. That's not what this is. See, uh, it also uh, says uh, you've got some uh, Tai Chi and... uh, Cycling Have you ever uh, done Tai Chi? I have not done Tai Chi. It is a, it's a great balance program, but we do have a few people that want to try it. Okay. And so we're going to bring it back. Cycling, that's a whole different ball. Have you ever done any of that? Uh, well, you know, bicycling. No, no. Uh, on, no, no. On the bike, but, uh, you know, <laughs> other than that, I guess. No, and that's, and that's a, a total different concept. And we do have a lot of people in their 70s that like to take the cycling class. Okay. So you'd All be right. surprised. So, again, uh, you can spend the entire day. This is happening on Saturday. Uh, Give us all of the uh, details here. 12 to 2.30, and it's free. Come early, come all. Yeah. Uh, Now, from what I understand, the uh, exercise class demos, you have to register for those? You do. Okay. And the phone number is on the the website as well. Okay. Um, And this is, again, geared for your clientele ages 50 and up. 50 and older, we invite anybody. You don't have to be a member. We just want you to come and try out stuff and learn about health. Here's the here's the other thing. This is an opportunity for people to learn uh, how to sign up for a membership, which, again, is free. We'll have people there as well at a table. If you live in Hancock County, it is free to join. And that day you can either take a folder home or you can register that day and become a member. You know, we mentioned the exercise classes. Uh, those are, you have those throughout the month, um, and a, a complete schedule uh, is available on the uh, website as well, right? Correct. And there is a different fee to join the Wellness Center, and that includes the track and all of the classes and everything else. Okay. And so very popular because we do have the um, water massage beds now, you know. Ah, ah okay. There all you right. go. So, and, and again, folks can 
uh, see all of this and, and learn more about uh, all of the opportunities that are available um, because that's a big part of, of what you do is uh, wellness for those 50 plus. True. And you can always come in for a tour, whether you are uh, already a member or want to become one. And we'll have tours on Saturday as well. Uh, again, uh, this is uh, happening on Saturday at 50 North. It all begins at noon. The Senior Health and Wellness Fair, uh, part of the uh, Community Foundation's Fun for All series, and uh, one that you definitely uh, will uh, will enjoy, take a lot out of. I mean, obviously, with all of those screenings and the exercise demos. and, and We have all a few that, hundred so. people every time yeah. we do it, so we're ready. Yeah. Uh, we've got a link up for more information from our webpage at uh, goodmornings.net. And again, Beth Wilkins from uh, 50 North with us this morning. Beth, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Now, the Good Mornings Community and Business Spotlight. Kelly McClurkin is here, Resource Development Director for the United Way of Hancock County. Campaign is underway. What is it? A two million dollar goal? Is it that is. the okay? That is our goal this year. How do you arrive at that goal? I mean, it's not just about pulling a number out of thin air. No, we rely on companies investing in us, um, individual support. Um, you know, really community wide. So, people will, if they haven't already, start to uh, hear those uh, campaigns, hear about the campaign in their workplaces. That's really where most of that uh, campaign giving happens. Right? A lot of it, and, and again, through um, a lot of individual support as well. You can always go to our website, uwhancock.org, uh, or give us a call, 419 423 1432. We kind of feel like we are this exactly. umbrella over our community, so to speak. Mm hmm. And um, whether it's battling hunger, um, homelessness, we champion children's issues, even promote uh, safety and health. And honestly, just all of that kind of um, fosters financial stability. So. And you do that through uh, more than a dozen uh, area agencies yes, and programs. We have, we have 19 partner agencies. 19. So coming up on two uh, dozen. Obviously. Yeah, and over 20 different uh, programs, programs that we support through those agencies. with you know through those agencies so yeah that's that's the other thing that that people really need to understand is that it's not just writing a check to these agencies it's for a specific purpose well united way because we're kind of like that umbrella of our community when you support us specifically you're supporting the greatest you know needs in our community those vital mm -hmm. and basic needs yeah we reach one in four people countywide which is over 18,000 people mm -hmm. and what's really cool about us that a lot of people don't know is 100% of the money that's raised here stays in our county 100% yeah. of it yeah so we're really proud to say that yeah so uh, you're looking at specifically the uh, programming that will have the greatest impact right. uh, within the community and like you said, one in four individuals are mm -hmm. touched. Uh, you have an example. I do. Yeah, it's actually a whole family. We'll call him Joe for privacy issues, but mm -hmm. Joe ha was has a family of five, his wife and three kids. Okay. And if you can imagine taking um, transportation like hats, they're quite memorable because they have three kids in tow the whole sure. time. Yeah. So um, for a long time, uh, they were using hats to go to work. Um, taking the kids to school even. The, wow. This family started off in, at City Mission. Mm -hmm. um, and even grocery store and doctor's visits. So literally utilizing our transportation for everything. Mm -hmm. They kind of dropped off um, Hat's radar for a little while. And a couple of years later, gave them a call. This doesn't often happen. So we love that um, we were able to track this or Hat's was able to track this. Called them after a couple of years, thanking them, knowing that, you know, they hadn't seen them in a couple of years thanking hats that because of them they were now had their own transportation hmm. uh, uh their own roof over their head yeah um because he was able to take hats to go to work every day right along and with everything else uh, do everything else that he needed to do to yes. support the family exactly which everything. takes a huge weight off of your shoulders to be able to then start to rebuild your life exactly so i guess what i like to ask our community is can you imagine if joe did didn't have that resource right. to rely on right. to get him through to where you know he was financially stable on his own and that's what could happen uh, when we don't have the support we need 
every dollar makes a difference yes. when it comes to uh, the campaign. It sure does. Um, I, I know sometimes people think, does my oh. you know dollar a week or $10 yes. a month make a big difference? It certainly does. It helps secure those resources for the more vulnerable population in our community. Also have another event uh, that is coming up, the uh, restaurant tour. The restaurant tour, yeah, yes. That helps support the work of the United Way. Tell us more about this. Well, that spot slice our wonderful restaurants downtown. Um, so patrons can purchase a ticket and that gets them through to all of the restaurants on the tour. And they will all have their own little offering of what they're, you know, they want to highlight that evening. Mm-hmm. It's a fun night out on the town. Um, it's a it's a popular event. So I feel like as soon as I mention this on the air, you know, you better get to your, <laughs> the, our website or the phone. Yeah, because there are limited number there of tickets. There are limited. We have to be respectful of what um, the restaurants can handle on their own as well. Right. So, um, but it is a great night to, you know, maybe you haven't been able to experience, you know, find your favorite restaurant downtown yet or it spotlights spotlights our wonderful restaurants downtown it supports our campaign it's it's a really great cause and we are fortunate that we have so many great restaurants uh, that represent uh, so many different cuisines from around the world so it's not out of the question that you haven't visited them all this is your chance How do folks uh, get their hands on their passports for the uh, restaurant tour? Again, you can go to uwhancock.org. There is a button right on the homepage that says purchase restaurant tour tickets. Or you can give us a call at 419-423-1432. Again, there are a limited number, so Mm -hmm. uh, do this sooner rather than later. That's right. Kelly McClurkin, Resource Development Director for the United Way of Hancock County. Kelly, once again, mentioned the website. uwhancock.org. Thank you, Chris. The Community and Business Spotlight is a promotional advertisement paid for by the featured sponsor. You're listening to Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. There is a run on glitter in Germany. (laughs) You heard about this? Uh, this is maybe the craziest news story of the day. The European Union is banning loose glitter and microbeads. And as a result, ahead of that ban taking effect, some German residents are heading to craft stores to stock up on the shiny stuff before you can't get it anymore. There is there's a run on glitter in Germany. Uh, reality TV star Sam Dillon said he spent $200 on 82 packs of glitter. I heard about the ban during a TV recording in which we were using glitter. And I am truly shocked that this is no longer going to be available. In my world, in my world he says, everything has to glitter. <laughs> the European Commission hopes the change will keep 500,000 metric tons of microplastics out of the environment. So that's the reason why the glitter ban is set to go into effect next week. In the meantime, German Now, I don't know why it's Germany in particular as opposed to other countries in the EU. And it's a a ban throughout the entire EU, but it seems to be only Germany where people are going out of their minds about this, but we'll stay on top of this very important developing story. Elsewhere in the broken news, this is one that uh, you could really only hear about this time of year. Uh, Did you know that pumpkins can float? Um, Well, I would imagine not whole pumpkins, hollowed out pumpkins. Uh, Steve Keeney of Missouri grew a 1,200-pound pumpkin. That's a pretty good-sized pumpkin. Hollowed it out and paddled inside of it for 11 hours. Uh, Mr. Keeney used his gorgeous raft. Get it? Gord, gorgeous, good. Okay. Uh, Anyway, he traveled in his raft from Kansas City to Napoleon, Missouri, uh, aboard his pumpkin boat, which he named Huckleberry, accompanied by other vessels from the Paddle KC paddling club uh, footage shows mr keeney wearing a usa themed life vest 
with city skylines behind him as he paddles down the river in his pumpkin boat. I guess I'm not surprised that pumpkins can float. You carve them out, I guess. Okay. <clears throat> I would think that one would have better things to do, but, you know, why not? Uh, let's see. Elsewhere in the broken news, uh, 24-year-old Cameron Spina. Spina? Spina? S-P-I-N-A. Spina. We'll go with that. Uh, Cameron... Uh, worked for seven days as a sports coach before finding out that she had never been hired for the job. Weird story. Um, And what's worse is that she moved from Florida to Virginia for the job that she never really had. Uh, Ms. Spina says she applied for the job as cheerleading coach at a Virginia college She was asked by the head coach to visit the college, who also said that he wanted to hire her for the role. He said he wanted to hire her. She emailed with the head coach, and even, I I guess she took that to mean that the whole thing was a lock, because she picked up and moved to Virginia, and actually started working on the job. This was back in August worked for a week before HR told her that they had decided to move on with other applicants. She admits she never received an official contract from the school, um, but she was not too happy to, in her words, she believes she was misled. Now, the college's HR department has since given her $1,600 for her one week's of work, one week one week's worth of work. But uh, I now know not to move forward with anything until I get official documents back instead of trusting that they will be coming eventually, she says. Let that be a lesson to you if you are job hunting. Don't assume you have the job and certainly don't move and start doing the job before you sign the contract. This is just all kinds of weird. And a couple of other items here from the broken news. A Milwaukee woman is being charged with disorderly conduct after police say that she threatened to shoot up a McDonald's restaurant. Uh, Brenita Gottschalk is her name. She is accused. She is accused of going to a McDonald's restaurant in Brookfield, Wisconsin. Uh, Back in August, and uh, the employees say that she threatened to shoot, uh, threatened to shoot up the store because her fries were burnt. That seems reasonable. (laughs) She gets burnt fries and, you know, she reacts, I think, the way we all would by threatening violence. (laughs) Uh. Not only, uh, employees, not only did she complain about the burnt fries, she then tried to uh, go behind the counter and into the kitchen to give them a stern talking to. They also said she was uh, yelling about shooting up the place and accused employees of being drug dealers. So, drug dealers, really? Well, the fries can be addicting. To be fair, (laughs) Mickey D's fries can be addicting. We all know that. And finally, in the broken news this morning, this also out of uh, Milwaukee, where a police officer there was in for a bit of a surprise when he went to make a routine traffic stop only for his own car to be stolen in the process. (laughs) This is how you know that you're having a bad day. Uh, The whole thing was captured by police dash cam video. During the stop, you can hear a door slam followed by the squad car driving away uh, without without the cop in it. Passing the officer as he remains with the pulled over car. (laughs) 
laughter and a call for backup ensued with one officer exclaiming, looks like somebody just stole my vehicle. The dispatcher sought clarification asking, okay, did you say your vehicle was stolen? (laughs) The officer confirmed, stating, that's an affirmative. Inside the commandeered squad car, the unauthorized driver disregarded traffic rules, passed another vehicle on the street, sped over a speed bump. After approximately a full minute, the individual exited the police car and fled the scene. A video obtained by local news reporters depicted another officer with a drawn weapon in an alley. As he approaches a trash can, the man pops out, uh, identified later as Daniel Barton. He was taken into custody, but as it turns out, this was not Mr. Barton's first rodeo. A similar incident occurred in May of this year. Accused of stealing a police cruiser during a traffic stop, Mr. Barton was subsequently apprehended. Uh, The Milwaukee County Court has, in both instances, determined that Mr. Barton's competence uh, has, in both instances, determined Mr. Barton's competence to stand trial. Uh, Apparently, he was uh, trying to claim incompetence, but no, that didn't work. He now faces misdemeanor charges stemming from the theft of both patrol cars. Really? Just misdemeanors? You would think it would be a little more more serious than that to steal a cop car. Don't try and test that, though. That's how you know that you are having a bad day. If you are a cop and you get your own car stolen, that's... No matter what happens to you today at your job, you can feel a little bit better because uh, that hasn't happened to you. It hasn't gone that far off the rails. There you go. That is uh, today's broken news report and update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. This is Advance with OSU Extension. It's harvest season. Drivers will be sharing roads with combines and grain hauling vehicles. Please be alert, especially on roads with limited visibility. Watch out for equipment pulling in and out of fields. Drivers and farmers, let's work together this fall to keep our roads safe and accident-free. This message from WFIN and 95.5 FM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Now, this is uh, not uh, one that is uh, earth shattering. It's not going to change your life or anything. But I did think this item here was uh, was very, very interesting. And it uh, has to do with numbers and data and, and all of that. Um, and it has to do with Lady Luck. Is it truly random or can you... Uh, can you get an edge when it comes to uh, to Lady Luck? Um, researchers in Amsterdam flipped a coin over 350,000 times to see if the odds truly are 50-50. Because that's what we've always been told, right? You flip a coin, it's a 50-50 chance. It's completely random, right? Whether it comes up heads or tails. Well, they want to do uh, figure this out. So they flipped a coin over 350,000 times. And the result, there is a slight bias in favor of the side facing up before the flip. That could be heads, it could be tails, but the side facing up before the flip has a slight edge at coming up uh, at, at being the side that uh, comes up, the, the side that's already facing up will return 50.8% of the time. So it's not a big edge, but it is a slight edge over the uh, uh, perceived or the um, uh, theoretical 50-50 odds. It is a slight edge. If you bet a dollar on the outcome of a coin toss 1,000 times, knowing the starting position of the coin, and betting on that, so if it starts as heads, you, you pick heads. If it starts as tails, you pick tails. Uh, if you bet a dollar every time, you would earn, on average, $19 on, on $1,000 uh, tosses flips of the coin. So, 
again, it doesn't sound like much, but that is actually a greater uh, that is a, a greater advantage than the casino has for six deck blackjack against an optimal player. So they, you know, this this better odds than what Vegas was built on, basically. Uh, now this could depend on the person doing the coin toss. A wobbly coin tosser, they say, may uh, cause the coin to rotate more like a person making a pizza instead of truly flipping, which would result in it landing the same way that it started even more often. So some of it has to do with the person doing the flipping and how good they are at flipping a coin. But on average, you get a 50.8% return betting the side or picking the side that the coin starts on. So now you know the next time you flip a coin for who picks up the bar tab. <laughs> so this is worthwhile. This is worth knowing. So next month's Hops for Hope is a short walk uh, from and back to the Finley Brewing Company. But it's really not about the walk. It's about calling attention to the issue of homelessness right here in our own community. Uh, Lori Poland is with us uh, from Hope House. And uh, as we were saying earlier, it's not about the walk. It's about the hope. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, November is Homelessness Awareness Month. And so it just makes sense that we raise awareness for homelessness in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a simple um, downtown square, so you're not yeah. walking an extended length of time, but just <laughs> not kind talking of a, about a half marathon. Yeah, here. no, no. If people know me, I am not. No, I'm, <laughs> we're going around the block, um, beginning and ending at Finley Brewing Company. But yeah. it's uh, you know just to raise awareness and some unity, showing you know we do know there's some um, homelessness in our own community, and that um, we recognize that we need to keep working on um, providing housing for everyone. It's it's something that is we don't we don't see it in Findlay the same way that you see it in a big city. Um, And I think we've probably all been to large metropolitan areas where you actually see homelessness on the streets, uh, in doorways, in parks. That's not the kind of homelessness. Not that that doesn't happen necessarily, but that's generally not the kind of homelessness you see here. Right. We experience what is called rural homelessness. It's more, we have more people that are what we call couch surfing. They're Mm -hmm. living with someone who is maybe putting their um, benefit at at risk by living there. Uh, They're living with a relative that they really shouldn't be or can't continue to live with. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it's more of that unseen homelessness than like you said, when you go to a big city and there's somebody sitting on the corner um, of the street and with all of their belongings. Is that one of the challenges to make people understand that that type of homelessness is just as serious as the open homelessness, uh, open homelessness that we see? Yes, that you, that is definitely a challenge. Um, the other challenge is realizing that some people that you see on the streets are there because they may have a problem with addiction or mental illness, and uh, that is not the kind of housing that we offer, but it still is a valuable uh, resource that we need to increase here in our own community. So the Hops for Hope event is sort of, again, to raise all of this awareness mm-hmm. and let people know that that there are resources, number one, but also, as you were alluding to, the need for even greater resources. Exactly. You know, we're at a, about an 80, uh, excuse me, 98 to 99 percent occupancy rate with rentals in our community. So it's it's there's it's a bigger problem than just finding a place for someone to live. We need more places for people to live. And I'm not just talking about people kind of at the lower socioeconomic level it's from the top bottom to the top um Mm -hmm. we could just use more housing in our community uh and then uh the uh resources that will help people stay in those Mm -hmm. uh homes once they do find them because there's a reason why people get into that situation in the uh, first place and it's not always their own uh, of their own doing but they're uh, a lot of times individuals who uh 
struggle to find the solution. Right. That You're exactly right, Chris. And all of our programs, um, you are required to meet with a professional case manager, someone who is trained in not only trauma-informed care, but also in how to care for someone that is coming from a place of uh, that we may not understand because we, we weren't raised that way. We had um, mm-hmm. role models or mentors that could teach us about adult living. Well, some of our clients have really never been given those resources. And so how do we keep them from repeating a cycle? Um, and how do you do that? By educating them, by helping right. them along the way, um, you know, leading them along, uh, not... Um, it's, uh, it's really easy to write a check and say, we're going to help you with your rent. It's a right. lot harder to say, here's what our process is, and we're going to help you, but also you're gonna have, we're going to have some expectation from you as well. It's about g- that giving a man a fish versus teaching a man to fish kind of uh, exactly. saying that we've, exactly. all, we've all heard. And, and then part of this, uh, and, and again, the way the economy has been, and certainly since the uh, pandemic and, and all of that, we hear these stories about people, more and more people, uh, in this country, being one paycheck away from you know crisis levels. Oh uh, yeah, Chris, we uh, saw that with the pandemic. Uh, people that were going along, li- living their life, and did not ever need any resources, and all of a sudden, I went to work today, and I don't have a job anymore, and neither yeah. does my wife. Mm-hmm. And they were put in situations that they were ill-equipped to deal with, as any of us would be. Um, there's been a lot of recovery from that, but there's still a lot of um, residual effects, some trauma, and, and so we try to address that. Um, how did you get here? What are you going to do when you're under our program, mm-hmm. and how are you going to keep from ending up in this situation again? To say the nothing, to say nothing of the people who are working, but mm-hmm. uh, the car breaks down, and uh, where's the money going to come to uh, fix the the car? You exactly. Know, the, you know those mm-hmm. uh, types of things. And again, with inflation, higher prices, uh, more and more people fall into that category as well. So a lot of different dynamics uh, to this. Mm-hmm. How do folks uh, participate then? The Hops for Hope is actually coming up next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so give us all of the details. So it's November 9th. As I said, it begins and ends at Finley Brewing Company. Uh, they are partnering with us on this endeavor. It's $25 per walker, and you'll get an event T-shirt, a goodie bag for the first 125 walkers, and also a ticket for a Hops for Hope beverage. So um, the um, you can go to our website and register at www.findleyhopehouse.com. Org. Uh, there's also a QR code on our website uh, that okay. will help you. Uh, now, I want to make sure that we clarify because this is a very important point. You mentioned that you do get a certificate for a Hops for Hope beverage. <laughs> yes. Is yes. that is that to be used before or after? Um, we we encourage you to use it after, but we will be in the Dora. So, uh, you know, again, you're an adult. You have okay, to use so your you own judgment. Um, so you I believe we did have a couple that did during last year, but it was a very okay. small percentage. Um, and you do have to be over 21 to get the Hops for Hope obviously. beverage, obviously. obviously. But um, I, I would like to recognize our partners in this endeavor, and that would be Downtown Finley and Marathon, uh, Humana, Whirlpool, Reinecke Family of Dealers, and Premier Bank. So they are the ones who have allowed us to be able to provide a gift to the people that are registering to walk along awesome. with us. Awesome stuff uh and we would be remiss if we didn't you know given the fact that we've established all of these uh situations uh mm-hmm. that that people find themselves in the need uh that is there um it, also let me ask you this real quickly because mm-hmm. we were talking about uh the fact that there are a lot of resources but the need for even more resources what's the biggest need uh that that can't be met right now uh more housing that yeah. that is um and, you know, I participated in... Not one that's in, easily fixed. No, it is not one. And it's not yeah. one that's fixed by one entity. It's not going to mm-hmm. be fixed by Hope House. It's not yeah. going to be fixed by just the city. It's not going to be fixed by Open Arms. It's going to be fixed by a collective effort of people in our government and citizens and organizations and businesses yeah. who will rally themselves together and say, okay, how can we fix this problem together so that we ha- can provide more housing to the citizens that are here or moving here? Uh, we have a fantastic job market here so mm-hmm. how can we help um yeah it, it's you're right uh it is something that's even going to become more acute uh as time goes on and for those who may find themselves uh in need or uh on the cusp uh as it were or know someone who is in that situation where they're couch serving or, or some such uh in need how do they reach out so they can either um look at the uh 211 is a 
United Way resource that you can look and see what resources are available and how to contact them directly. You can uh, call our housing office at 419-427-2848. Speak to our housing navigator. Let them know what your situation is. If we can't help you through Hope House, um, she has... Uh, knowledge of resources in our community that you can be directed to because again we want to be knowledge givers not just um, knowledge takers so Mm -hmm. that if you have a a need you know can we direct you to the right place again uh, Lori poland with hope house we've got more information on the hops for hope walk coming up next month on our webpage. We want to tell you about it now so you have plenty of time to get into training for this because it's, <laughs> you know, it's a big thing. Um, <laughs> again, goodmornings.net to learn more. Uh, Lori, thanks very much for dropping thanks, by. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate. Always a pleasure. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage, That, of course, goodmornings.net. Big show to wrap up the week tomorrow. Bill O'Reilly will join us to talk about the latest book in his best-selling series, Killing the Witches. Happy Friday the 13th. Plus, this weekend, we'll get a sneak preview of next year's big show. The space experts at NASA will join us to explain the difference between April's total solar eclipse and Saturday's annular eclipse. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.